0: Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call to join Allworth's Money Matters. Call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH.
1: Welcome to All Worth Money Matters, Scott Hansen. Pat McLean, thanks for joining us. That's right. Both myself and my co host, we're both financial advisors. This is a financial program. We're going to talk, we'll spend a little time actually on the current economic, uh, what's going on in the markets and that sort of thing, and take calls and try to help people with their uh, financial
2: questions or dilemmas or opportunities or what have you. And it's.
1: Um, no, <laughs> This like volatility has returned oh, to the markets. Holy! I mean, this last <laughs> week. Right? I mean, markets are up almost a thousand points. Down over a thousand points. Next day, all day all markets the- go up. You read the headlines. All oh, the reason
2: the markets up were uh, the business yeah. and the investors seem excited about the increase in the uh, short-term interest rates. Next day, the market goes down. The headlines a,
1: are same. same they headlines.
2: digested it
1: <laughs> and decided. <laughs> the investors digested it and decided. But I think what's really the, the interesting is some of these individual companies how far their share price have fallen oh. like peloton is down almost 90 percent. yes the, the darlings
2: of just a couple of years ago some of these tech stocks oh. have just got spanked hammered. spanked hammered yeah. and it's i think it's just a, a and and the interesting thing is the ones that have seemed to do pretty good are like
1: the uh, consumer staples and surprisingly, dividend high-dividend paying stocks have done better this year, which historically would not occur in an interest rate, uh, rising interest rate environment.
2: Because they have a tendency to act a little bit more like a bond. Yeah,
1: and tend to fall – when have downward pressure. When interest rates go up. Yeah, it's but, been uh, – Interesting. I think it's kind of a cr- – Well, I tell you, this inflation –
2: you know, if you've listened to this program at all for years, it, at the very beginning of it, we were kind <laughs> of making fun of whatever trans. We had never heard it before. In, in inflation, this inflation, look, it's not going back. What the best hope is that it will moderate going forward and won't incre- uh won't stay at its existing clip, or increase. But
1: you know, this it, it it's not going away anytime soon. And the feds have no choice but to try to put the damper on things. <laughs> and so it's really two things. One is is increasing interest rates. We all understand what happens there, right? You, our interest rates go up. I, th- I guess if you're a saver, it's a good thing because you can get higher rates. But if, if you own long-term bonds, it's a problem. If you- Because uh, his interest rates go up on- About to buy a house. It's a real It's going to slow it down. Um, but the other way is is through this bond purchase program. So the the feds- Bonds are just loans, right? So a government bond is a way that the government finances its deficit spending. And when they issue a bond, it, if you as an investor buy the bond, you're taking your cash and giving it to the bond. You're essentially taking the cash out of out of circulation. So during the— And you're lending it to the U.S. government. Yeah. Well, the Federal Reserve, what they've been doing, particularly—well, they were doing it during the Great Recession, and uh, then they— kicked it back in during COVID pandemic lockdowns.
2: And well they and they slowed for a little while and then they stopped for and then they kicked
1: in. Which is buying bonds, these same government bonds. Which so always put them, is complex. put the right hand's bar. That's like a craziness. <laughs> but put pumping money back into society uh so there's increasing the cash supply. So what did that and, do and to long-term interest? And then rate. they start buying more and more bonds. They got 9 trillion dollars roughly on their balance sheet today. Record numbers and and so when you've got interest rates pushes interest rates down we got rock bottom interest rates number 1 that the fed has managed to push at the same time uh, massive amounts of liquidity and and the which government giving out money when you're told you can't leave your house or go then there's nothing to spend the money on and then suddenly when people are like I'm living my life again which is what's happening it's pushing prices up on everything. I mean, whether it's well, – we've all seen it at the grocery store. Sometimes, you, I mean – Gas pump. The, <laughs> I got gas this morning. I'm like, I guess this is mm-hmm. the new normal, 125 bucks to fill my car. I guess that's the mm-hmm. new normal. I remember it was 60 not that long ago. But-, so, but, but Scott, so let's remind the listeners. When they talk about
2: an interest rate increase, that is on short-term money. This was that's the, all they can control. Uh, On the well, interest rate, it's only short-term Up money. until 10 years ago, that's all they could control. Yeah, 15 years, uh, yeah, before but, the financial but, crisis. Uh, that's yeah, all okay, they did the, bother with. In oh, that's oh, oh, 08, oh, nine. that's all they ever messed with. But then buying the long bond, buying the, the Federal Reserve, buying the long bond, right, lowered
1: long-term interest yes, rates. Yes, increases, <laughs> right? We have more buyers, increases that demand. When the demand goes up, prices tend to uh, – um, to, f- you know, to, to, to fall to, well, prices go up when interest rates fall yeah the demand right so it pushes up the
2: prices interest rates fall so it's um, it, and backing out of this we said at the beginning when it was hard it's much like many things in life it's easy to start it's hard to stop and uh, there will be some pain but the
1: inflation as you said but, it's a new norm but the pain like I think from an investor standpoint you could look at it one of two ways one is you could think, hmm, I'm going to get really good this time at trying to read the market cycles, figuring out when they're going to, when things are going to change, and make invest huge swings in your investment allocations based upon that. If that's your strategy. I hope you have a good, hope you know what you're doing and, and following a true strategy. And good luck to you. Uh, the other way is saying, let's have our risk assets be long-term and risk things things that are highly volatile. Let's say we're highly diversified in our stock portfolio. Let's have those designed for the long term, money we don't need for five plus years. Anything we need less than that period of time should not be in any sort of risk asset at all. Yes. And if you have that kind of approach, served you well during the financial crisis, served you well during the dot-com boom, assuming you're highly diversified. And assuming that you actually rebalance
2: your portfolio on a regular basis. So let me yes. ask you a question. You may know the answer to this, Scott, and I don't. So it's not not ans- asking the question
1: other than the fact that you're better at remembering numbers <laughs> than I am. A lot I don't remember names of people. <laughs> I don't remember ta- names of towns I've been to on vacation, but I remember numbers. All
2: um, so at the beginning of the government's response to COVID-19, uh, what did the market fall at the very beginning of it? Do you recall? Oh,
1: I don't remember. We, oh, we were down like 26% or so, 28. No, but more than that, it was 30 And it happened in a matter of the two weeks? Yeah, yeah, so quick. And
2: how fast was the rebound? It just as quick. So I always go back to that. and like, if there was any point in time that you actually- Which should, made no sense why how quickly it rebounded, right? That's my point, exactly. Which is if there was any sense in time that you could call the markets, at the very bottom when everything was being locked down- And you said, "Oh, this is going to get really bad. I gotta, I gotta get out of the market and stay out of the market." You would have missed the complete rebound, and then, subsequently, an incredible uh, last year was massive year. uh, An incredible run up. So the market timing. Look, there's two decisions to make in market timing. The first one is pretty easy.
1: I get out. And by the way, and now it might be tempting. You had a big run up in the last couple years. You're like, now it'd be a tempting time. Yes. But then the second question, when do I get back in? And I've got to tell you, I have friends.
2: And by the way, I have a tendency. I was at dinner with a couple last night. What's an Irish guy celebrating Cinco de Mayo for is beyond me. Uh, <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Irish like to celebrate whatever, do they not? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um and he was telling me how he got out of the market, and I just I just said so what are you doing this weekend?
1: You didn't want to engage, of and course not. Yeah. Yes. Yes. What's the point? Yes. What are yes, you going to yes. talk about? Yes. Anyway, I mean, we last weekend was Warren Buffett's uh, annual. He's ninety-one years old. Never been a market timer. He stays in long term. Done very well. You followed that strategy. Anyway, but right. it, but that doesn't mean that just because like I've talked to people that say, well, I'm just going to ride this out, and they own things like. Peloton or or whatever, like they've got a handful of stocks. Those individual companies don't always come back. The economy is going to push forward. A broadly diversified portfolio when you own many of the leading companies in in the United States and in the world, those, as long as the economy ever recovers, you will participate in a recovery from those. But there's individual companies and industries that...
2: Peloton or Zoom or... Um, or DocuSign, or all of these companies that had a tendency to do really, really well during the um, the government's response to COVID nineteen. Yeah,
1: and now we're got this is the hangover. Yeah. Yet one more. <laughs> this is...
2: in, in speaking of that, I was, um, I was, I was in Germany. Um, of course, you were. Uh, well, w-
1: w- <laughs> my wife <my> and <boyfriend laughs> was... I have not seen you since you've been back from vacation. By the
2: we way, we have been. Uh, we had planned this thing for three years ago. and We finally went.
1: Um, we went no. to
2: Slavia, uh, the Czech Republic, Germany, a number of different places. The um, No COVID restrictions at all. Zero. Really? Not a one. Not a single one. No mask requirements? Nope. Not a one. Vax card? Nope. The- Only getting back into the U.S. I had to take a COVID test to get back into the U.S.
1: Which countries did you go to?
2: Oh, went to Hungary. Uh, Czech Republic, Slavia. We we took a boat down the Danube and stopped in bicycle road and all these little towns. We had a we had a what a beautiful country. Yeah, I got to tell you, the former Soviet uh, countries, their service is not good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. They just they would stare at you, and hey, could you? And they would just stare at you. I'm like, oh, you know, quite frankly, it's not their fault. They grew up in a in a uh, <laughs> in an environment, they're all That's like so thirty five years
1: old. They grew up in an environment where service wasn't really the top of the list. I remember; I'll never forget. Years ago, Is this my brother in law, uh, who they lived in. They moved to Russia right when the wall fell down. Uh, moved to Moscow. Your brother in law. Yeah, it, it's a uh, my sister in law's my brother in law's brother in law. Okay, right? a little more extended. Got it. But, and uh, they were home for uh, a few weeks, and he was. He, <laughs> He was packing things back up, and one of the things he packed to bring back with them was a sh- a shower curtain, a shower rod. Oh, to go back to Russia? Yeah. I said, "What? Why? Why? Can't you buy a shower rod?" He says, "Well, there's no shower rods for sale." He says, "There might be a shower rod when the is retooled, built shower rods, but you might have to wait six years." Like, <laughs> that shower was a rod. Yeah. Shower rod. Yeah.
2: Uh, anyway, and we are we are fortunate to live in um, the United States where. You know? The craziest, free market. As
1: crazy as things are.
2: Yes, 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 yes. Yes. With the free, the stability. I, I mean, some of these countries, you look at them, you're like, okay, so who occupied you from when to when? And you like have to get a timeline out. Okay.
1: So uh, who who was who was here? Well, that's got to be a little demoralizing, doesn't it? Yes. I mean, here I, I grew up in United. I was born in this country, and as a child, well, it was different education back then. Back then, it was all the greatness of our country and the fact that we're all from other places and the melting pot. And I mean, one of the things that I think is really interesting about United States is that y- you think about the risk people took to come here, and this the sense of hope. I mean, it's a bit of an entrepreneurial sp- spirit. Just saying, I'm going to leave my I'm leaving Ireland, or I'm leaving Norway, or whatever. I'm or coming. even, or I'm even, even leaving the East Coast, to come to the West Coast in a wagon train. Yeah, all that stuff, and and so it's a really interesting uh, country, and we've got we've been at the top for so many years. I, I and I wonder what it would be like to be in a country. Well, son, <laughs> these
2: <laughs> yeah, we we this twenty three years we were, and then this fifteen
1: years. Anyway, yeah. let's get to the. Goals. By the way, this stuff. If you're a long-term investor, this should just be noise. The news, think of the news reports of the markets no different than the news reports on everything else. It's always this immediate crisis. I mean, you look at the news, how many, what's the ticker tape they've got at the bottom? Let's start, remember, after 9-11 is when they started having the ticker. Now there's like three different stacks of all kinds of news. It's all, whatever it is, it is life-changing. It's the most important thing in the moment. That's how they're reacting to some of this economic stuff. This too shall pass. This too shall pass. If you're a long-term investor, I wouldn't get too wrapped up. If you'd like to join the show, if you've got a financial question,
2: 833 worth That's 833-999-6784. We're going to go to Jan in California. Jan, thanks for joining All Worst Money Matters.
3: Hi. This, hi. It's nice talking to you. I enjoy your show very much. Thank you, um, Jan. And my question is, first of all, your, the comments that you made were wonderful. They're very calming listening to you. I appreciate that. And I share your feelings about our country. So anyway, my husband and I are in our 70s. We're semi-retired, and we're financially conservative, probably ultra-conservative. Barring doing something really stupid, we should have sufficient money to comfortably live out the remainder of our lives. So I guess my question is, are we doing anything stupid? Um <laughs> <laughs> Due to our ages, okay. we we were advised to, and being conservative, we we were advised to place sixty percent of our money in bonds and forty percent in stocks. And the bond portion portion is the part that you know, I've always assumed would be relatively safe, knowing that they do go down if interest rates go up. So I tried to diversify in the in that area. And so this is my question. So
1: what 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 sort of bonds do you own? Are they individual bonds? Do you own funds? Are they
3: no I own I own funds. I've I've always invested in individual bonds before recently, and so that's why I'm a little uncomfortable. Um, the, the total bond fund, we have twenty nine percent of the sixty percent is there. Uh, we have twenty percent in international bond fund, we have sixteen percent in an intermediate bond fund, and thirty five percent in short term treasuries. Okay. So that's how about sixty percent is broken down. How does that sound to you?
1: Uh, well, I mean, it's not how we have our bond portfolio. I mean, some of the things, some of the things that um, you might be missing out on. One is perhaps some floating rate bonds in there. You seem a little long, longer duration than we we have currently. With um, oh, as okay. much as you've gotten the total return and the international, and I'm not sure if your international. If they hedge their currency or not, if they don't hedge the currency, then it's probably been a good, a good place for you to be. Uh, of course, that cuts both ways. <laughs> um,
3: right, right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, do here's the here's add, the reality. So, I do have some money to add in, so you would go towards a floating rate bonds, is what you. Uh,
1: I I I I, no, I didn't quite say that, but there's some. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, with it's like it's kind of hard to say. Here's the recipe for my for my grandma's chocolate cake, but uh, you know I'd like. Why don't we add some more salt? Because I, mean, I don't know if we need salt or not. I mean, it it, it all needs to go together in, in a portfolio. Is that your
2: question for us? Is, uh, is that your question for us? Ultimately, is that why you call the show is task? Is is this bond portfolio yeah, the appropriate one? Yeah, it is one? more
3: about a, a bond portfolio. If if the way we have it allocated is appropriate given the current financial market and what's happening with interest rates and that, would you change any of these percentages? Would you add something else to make it better, or you know, that? Who built that way?
2: who built the portfolio?
3: uh I did.
2: Okay. So do you know is the international bond is it is it hedged currency hedged?
3: Uh yes it is.
2: Okay. That's good. Good. And the total uh bond is that uh, what's the uh, average
1: maturity or duration on that? Or is that just an index fund?
3: It's an index fund.
2: Got see, it. See so that's probably the, the that if there was any glaring
1: thing in the portfolio, there are times when we've had I think 30% of our fixed income in, um in a, a an indexed the index bond uh, portfolio but not I don't, not today yeah um it, it, it's a little long it's a little more it, yeah your, the, the overall duration in here is a little longer than we would be comfortable with so if you were uh, um, it, but, so but when, having said that look we just went through this last quarter has been a the last four months have been a horrible time for fixed income investors across the board so and, yeah. and every and what the prices of everything today is not Necessarily, what the Fed may or may not do—it's what people believe the Fed may or may not do in the future. It's what people believe inflation is going to sure. be. So, if if there's some new information that comes out over the next days, weeks, months, you, these bond prices can go up or down. I mean, yeah, it, it yeah, could. I mean, you could. There's a, a
2: series of events that you could imagine happening, which is all of a sudden China says, "Hey, look, we realize that everyone's going to catch this." Uh, no more lockdowns. No more lockdowns. Everyone's going to catch its it, it's good. and that uh, uh, Ukraine and Russia say, "All right, well, we move the line this way. Everyone go back to their their homes, and then and all of, of a sudden, factors
1: could happen which could change things.
2: Yeah, and then all of a sudden, yeah. inflation could tamp. Temper itself, and the Fed wouldn't have any more signs that they were going to raise interest rates. I, this fast. I, do, I do. I would
1: th- cut the maturity. Yeah, though. I, I think having a little bit of shorter maturity um, and, and maybe diversifying uh, the bond portion a little bit more might make some sense. So glad you called, Jan. Hope this was helpful. We are talking with Heidi. Heidi with Allworth's Money Matters. Hello, Heidi. Hi. This is
4: Heidi.
1: Hi, hi, hi Heidi. Heidi. What can we do hi. for you? I was
4: calling out uh my husband's um thinking of retiring he's going to be 62 and i'm 55 um uh, he doesn't have a pension but he has 401k okay and i'm just i'm just wondering if um now the time to retire if it's going to make a di- big difference if he retires at 62 or 65
2: Does, do you have enough money to retire
4: well, he has a four hundred one k. I I will have a pension. I'm gonna keep working. How much is in his four hundred one k? He has about six hundred fifty thousand in it.
1: Okay,
2: but
4: it's been dropping.
1: Okay, well, it'll go and back he, up again. That's not how they go. <laughs> That's normal. And and you said your house is paid for.
4: Our house is paid for. Yes.
2: And how much? Um, how much does have, he? How much does he make?
4: Uh, he makes about a hundred and twenty five thousand.
2: Okay, and what were you going to say?
4: Um,
2: and what's your income?
4: Just, my income is about fifty thousand.
1: And how long has the house been paid off?
4: It just it just was paid off um, this year. And, and what
1: how, were your mortgage payments prior to that?
4: Prior to it, it was about um, twenty five hundred a month.
1: And how much has he been saving in his four hundred one k? The four
4: hundred one k. How long?
1: How, How much, much a month like or a year?
4: Yeah. Oh, he was he was putting the max the max he could a year.
1: Okay, so twenty two thousand or twenty whatever twenty three thousand whatever that or is that twenty six somewhere right in that twenty some odd thousand.
4: Right, right. Okay, so, we're so just, you know he he's been wanting me to call. He listens to you guys all the time. I'm making a phone call. Um,
1: so, man, one of the things that first blush, I'm just thinking there's twenty five hundred bucks a year of mortgage payments. Thirty thousand a year. That's no longer there. Twenty five thousand right. roughly has been going into four hundred one k. So fifty five total. Plus, uh, if he's right. retired, there's no social security tax. Yeah.
2: And then let's say so we take a four percent distribution eight, eight. on the six hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and then he kicks in with social security. It's it's, t- it's touch uh, go. It's, it's tight. I mean, I tight. I would. I, if he's in good health, does he hate his job? Does he come home every day and kick what? the dog and yell at you? <laughs>
4: It's private tech it's been it's been going through some rough times um but they're still hanging on
2: the company's so, been going through some rough times or he's been going through rough times with the company he, the
4: company, the company okay how's the
2: company. he doing how's no, don't worry about the company how's he doing at <laughs> his job no look i'm self-employed and i go through rough times and that's my own fault <laughs>
4: he's real dedicated to his work he wants it to he wants you to keep going he wants to keep working well he then so
2: why is he, he retiring why is, stay stay no
4: you, if he has to if he, he has to oh Look,
2: god you said he wants to if he has you know, to then yeah, yeah you you'll can, make it work you'll make it work but but, but okay.
1: he would be let's assume, let's assume tomorrow the company folded and he lost his job
4: right
1: if if he went and had another job even if it paid substantially less it would, right. It would set up a much better retirement down the road. That's right. And there's and- 1.9 job openings for
2: every um, person seeking a job. For his chances of getting a new job, would be relatively
1: easy. That is correct.
4: Okay. Here's what yeah, I
1: would recommend. Have- Look, if you went like going, one of the things I think is a real value that we, as financial advisors, provide at least ones that kind of specialize in helping people go from the workplace to retirement is is doing a lot of what-if scenarios. So there's great tools right. out there that either you can find on your own or do or meet with a financial advisor. And you could do a lot of what-if scenarios like all right, let's assume he retired today and never worked another day again. Like, how do we make the income come? Like, what do we take from the 401k? When do we take Social Security? Did we wait? Then right. you could say, all right, what happens if he worked at his existing job for the next two years or four years or six years or however you want to Or what happens if he left the job paying $125,000 and took a job paying $60,000 and quit, pay- quit saving anything additional to the 401k? How might that impact the family finances? And so wait, by going through those sort of what-if scenarios it can provide some clarity on which path may make the most sense
4: okay otherwise we're
1: just kind of like we don't know like it's hard to do a cost benefits analysis without actually looking at what the the outcomes might be
4: okay now what about the 401k is is that a is that a good amount at his age We kind of started later in life. Oh, he's got, he's got
1: less than five years of, of, of annual income. The answer is no, but not based on his income. Yeah. Yeah. Not based, but, but the fact that your house is paid off is really a good thing. And if you think so, Heidi, it sounds to me like what's happened in the last uh, several years, my guess is the kids are grown and no longer at the house. Okay. So the kids are grown. You guys got serious the last number of years about getting ready for retirement. You focus on getting Correct. the house paid, which is all brilliant, wise, focused on getting that house paid on, focused on increasing the savings for retirement, which is great. If you can do a few more years of this, it's really going to make a big okay. difference.
4: Two okay. Yeah. Yes. So more years, three no. more years? If you
1: can't, either because the job's not there or to Pat's point, like if you hate your job, what's life is life's about the journey. I mean, who knows if we make it tomorrow? Like find a job even, right. at, even at less pay. It's something that's fulfilling. Maybe if he did something that maybe, well, maybe he loves
4: his it job. Is, it's fulfilling. It's just a it, stressful, I guess, because he he's very dedicated to his work. Well, uh, he's
2: gonna that won't leave him if he, a, if he if he yeah. leaves the job. He's still gonna feel that stress if he's that dedicated to, to the work. <laughs> <I
1: know>. So <laughs> most good just, things in life take a lot of. He stress. should he should hang in there as long as he can. Yeah, hey, Heidi certainly appreciate the call. We're gonna take a quick break. You're listening to All Worths Money Matters with Scott Hansen and Pat McLean.
0: Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast.
1: Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen, Matt McClain. Hey, again, to join the call, 833-99-WORTH. And before we go back to the call, I just, I'm just going to continue that conversation we were just had with Heidi. Because here's what's very typical for particularly middle class people that if you got 20 million bucks, you're in a different position than the typical person. But like someone who's worked hard, they've saved well, you've got middle-class lifestyle, whatever, however you want to define that. You've got kids you've been raising, all those expenses there, college expenses, etc. And very often, it's when the last kid is in college or getting near the end of college. Or, oh, okay. Or goes off. Like the, typically a couple will say, I'm using a couple because that's, kind of the more typical, like, uh-oh, we need to get serious about saving for our retirement right now. Or well, well, it doesn't mean it,
2: they haven't been serious. Oftentimes, people that retire comfortably start putting money into their retirement plans as early as possible, as much right. as they can. They already have some money saved. They have some money people, saved, yes, most people. Right.
1: That retire. Well, most people that can retire comfortably. Yes, yes there we go.
2: Okay. But th- But
1: that's when it really kicks in, right, into overdrive. Yeah. And it can make a big difference by working. It's, So we've helped – well, we have 17,000 households we serve, and we've personally worked with many people over the years. But I've got a good friend of mine that he is 69 now. Um, I've known him 30 years, really close friend. And he wanted to – he was thinking about retiring earlier, right? And so – most of clients I worked with they don't they don't they can't text me like on a Saturday afternoon, but he does because we're good. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I let him kind of breach that uh, what I would think a normal uh, relationship. Uh, well, I wouldn't be texting my dentist on a Wednesday afternoon, like, but it was Saturday afternoon anyway. But like the, working these additional few years, he was just we had a conversation recently. He's like w- the difference it made for him in his retirement. And I forget the number he said, like, every every month I work translates into X dollars per month in retirement benefits. And there's three drivers of that, right? One is you're postponing Social Security.
2: That's right. Two is that you're saving more. That's right. Three is you're not
1: using the money that you're saving That's right. to live on. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Right? And it's But, he. I mean, he's just like, he's he's like, I'm so grateful uh, that I've continued to work. And he's probably going to retire in the next uh Next six months or so. Did he enjoy the last few years of work? I think it's been really healthy for him uh, in a lot of ways, yeah. Well,
2: you, you know, what's interesting. So under the Secure Act 2.0, I actually was thinking about that when I was driving in today. How, Which one's that? It's the one where they're actually, th- the, the discussion, I think it's going to the Senate for signature to increase the re, uh, required minimum distribution ages even further. That's yeah, one yeah, of the yeah. proposals, right? To 75. Yeah, but it's not really in... Well, no, but the mere fact that the government is actually recognizing that people are living much longer, with the exception of Social Security, um, that people are living much longer <laughs> yeah. and that they should put off this required minimum distribution. And I think people are realizing that, too, which is it's OK to work a few
1: more years. Right. Well, particularly if you find yourself healthy. Studies have also shown the higher educated you are, the more likely you are to continue working in retirement age, and the more job flexibility you have. Also, yeah, I mentioned Warren Buffett earlier. Not many people are still working at ninety-one. I'm sure his and Charlie Munger's like what ninety-six or seven or something. His partner, like-
2: <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I'm pretty sure he's not clocking in. Sure, they have uh, busy lives, but I, I think that if he wanted to sleep in till 10 on wednesday no one he says may take naps
1: at two in the afternoon my yes. guess is uh it yeah. probably doesn't quite have the same vigor as he did when he was 30
2: yeah. but um but of the point being is with this last call from heidi which was her husband liked um liked her job liked his job um you if you're enjoying the work and by the way if you're not enjoying your work it's okay To move on to a lesser paying job and still be employed, even with a different company in the same field, if you think you're going to do it try it on.
1: There are there have been many occasions talking to someone who like, when can I retire just for whatever the reasons are, just like the job's just not working out any longer. And they're thinking, I got to get out of here. And the number one thing they look at is retirement. Right. And look. It would be wonderful if, we can, if everyone could get to the point where they have enough dollars saved up, no debts, so that work is an option and not an obligation. The reality is most people don't get there uh, before a normal retirement age, and that normal retirement age tends to be kind of moving up a bit. But, but I, we, there's been a number of people, whether it's in their mid-50s or 60s, that they just they don't want to continue doing the same job they're doing, which might be paying really well. But if there's a way to transition for them to do something that they find more fulfilling, maybe not as much stress, maybe no more corporate travel or whatever the case may be, at a lower pay, we've seen a lot of people just—they're they're no rush to retire. You know, I'm going to share—I'm going to share a story.
2: I um so Scott and I grew up as practicing financial advisors,
1: right? Yeah, M- meeting. Certified financial planner, chartered financial consultant. We've but got the education, the experience. And in it real does. life. So yeah. I had a client. Um, real life, which is
2: different than if we just studied this stuff. You're correct. It's not hypothetical because there's people involved. And I'll give you a perfect example of this situation. So I have a client, still a client. Um, I still work with him. Um, he retired. He retired in his – oh, he was in his late 50s. Single guy, lots of money, good pension, bunch of real estate, no children, had been – I think he had been married once before, but never got into that. Um, he never shared it, so I never asked. But he retired, and – um in the normal process, in the first year, we spent a lot of time with our clients. Not like at their house having dinner or anything, but during the <laughs> normal review process. <laughs> you weren't invited over for uh, goulash? Or... <laughs> yeah. So um, I asked him how he was doing. I just said flat out, how are you doing? And he said, well, and I said, no, how are you doing? He said, no, I think I've got plenty of money. I said, I didn't, I'm not asking that question. Um, I, I felt he, I felt, he was isolated after he left his – he was a mid-level manager with lots of responsibility. And I, I had the feeling that he felt isolated and not wanted after he retired. And he said to me, you know, really, Pat, I'm doing terrible. I'm
1: doing awful. So this was nine months into retirement. And a little side note. One thing about relationship with a financial advisor, like – once you tell somebody all of your finances, like what's what's left to tell. I mean, particularly our culture, we are so kind of private on our finances, and by the time somebody really discloses everything, things that have gone well, the mistakes they've made, here's all that stuff, it it and money's a tool to to help fund things that are important to you. So that relationship with a financial advisor can get pretty deep.
2: Yeah, and and, and by the way, a good financial advisor isn't there to judge any part of your life. Uh no, no, nor no, no. tell you what you should or shouldn't be doing, how you live your life. That's right. That's right. They should just be tr- trying to provide guidance. But I felt and that maybe help
1: you, maybe help you get some clarity on what what's important to you.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I felt we had an, a, a close enough attention. I I had been working with them four years prior to retirement, which was, you know, it's not unusual to engage a financial advisor multiple years before retirement. So I had been working with them for four years prior to retirement, and. He Retired and so I asked him, How you oh, He said, I'm all it's terrible, it's all I'm, I'm I'm awful. And I said, Um, drinking some, what are you doing? And he said, Um, yeah. And I said, Did you drink like that prior to retirement? He said, No. And I said, You need to go back to work. And he said, I thought you said I had enough money. <laughs> <And> I, said,
5: <laughs>
2: I said, I said, I think you need to go back to work. We're not talking about money. We're talking about you and your life and the fact that there was something really important in that job to you and you left it because you thought you should because you could, right? I told you you could retire. I I didn't tell you you should retire, which was what my job was. And so he said, I don't want the stress that I had then. And I said, why don't you go get a job at a major retailer like Target, go get a job at Target. And he said, why? And I said, well, you're in your late fifties. There's lots of young people there. I think you'll like mentoring them. They will come to you for advice. I said, "Uh, they will give you a role of responsibility. They will ask you to be the general manager of the store within 12 months. You must turn it down. You cannot (laughs) take that position. Um, And he did. And he worked there for uh, over three years. And he, he came back to me, and he said, that was one of the most fulfilling parts of his career ever, because he got the social interaction, he had some responsibility, but he didn't have to bring it home every day. And he clearly wasn't working for the pay. And he didn't need the pay. But he, he wasn't even working 40 hours a week, he was working like 30 hours a week, but enough to keep him engaged. And so when I think about that story, and I think about people, and how they relate to their jobs. I had another lady that, ret- you have hundreds of these stories too, <laughs> that went and got a, uh, a job at the Humane Society because that's what, you know, that's where her heart was. And she, she worked there for 10 years. Um, would it have been better off for her to work for the large utility? From a financial standpoint, you're saying? Yes, correct, correct. But, you know, retirement is a weird thing.
1: By the way, it's a relatively new concept in the history of the world. Well, and if your goal is to accumulate as much wealth as possible, then- Don't to, have kids. Don't don't have <laughs> kids. If you buy a house, rent it out, and live in those small uh, thing you can find, maybe a tiny house somewhere by the river, uh, you, you, compl- your your career should be 100% focused on money and never retire. That's your, your chance of accumulating the most amount of wealth. So there's a trade-off. At some point in time, most of us say, eh, I don't really want, it's not that important to me for more money. I would rather have this or that. And, yeah. But my, 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 it's fun, you're we're talking about the story. You, my, and spend some time on our website, The Art of Retirement. Yeah, I mean, we have a we, we spend quite a bit of time on um, our future framework and the things that are important. Studies show that the number of responsibilities you have, commitments you have on a weekly basis while you're working, should be about the same number you have when you're going to retirement, which is totally contrary to what people think because people are like, I can't wait to, I've got so busy, I'm just going to kick back. And if you don't have some meaningful commitments lined up, um, you might love golf, but probably not four days a week. Yeah, <laughs> my guess. Some people do. So my own stepfather, uh, he was he worked for the uh, Southern California Edison Company. Started out at a right out of he was from a family from Oklahoma, came out west to migrant farm workers, um, uh, Central Valley. Uh, didn't have a lot of options. Went to work for the, um, the utility company, power company, as a lineman, and worked his way up as time went on. And he was he retired, like mid. He was maybe mid fifties, at during some sort of downsize and was kind of a one of those buyouts that was too good to refuse. But for the next twenty years, he worked. I think eighteen or nineteen of those years as a contractor back, back to the same phone company. But he tells me one day, so he didn't. Re- he didn't fully retire till I think he was seventy-seven or seventy-eight. Obviously, he wasn't alignment at seventy-seven or seventy-eight. Yes. But he had so much. He had so much institutional knowledge, essentially, right? Of like, he just understood the grid. I, I don't really understand it, but he understood the history of all those electrical lines. Better than most people at the company because he'd been around so long, but he used to tell me a story that he had, uh, this uh, young woman was in his uh, working the same office, and it was the granddaughter of someone he used to work for. <laughs> <laughs> he says, "I know I'm getting a little old. <laughs> it's not just the kids; it's now uh, it's now the grand uh, grandparents." Anyway, hey, uh, we're gonna take go back to the calls here in a second. Uh, I want to let everyone know of a couple things. One is, if you've been listening to the program for a while or know anything about Allworth for a while, you know that we've had. Uh, we, we used to do a lot of live workshops. Uh, like, I think, I think, Pat, in the year tw- 2019, we had over 10,000 people register for one of our live in-person events. Um, and we've got retirement risk workshops coming up, navigating your finances in an uncertain world. And these are happening in Cincinnati, Sacramento, and Denver. And- those three major cities on May 19th and May 21st. So, again... Retirement Risk Workshops, Navigating Your Finances in an Uncertain World, May 19th and 21st in Cincinnati, Sacramento, and Denver. They're worth going to. This is the first series. We've, we've
2: tried to launch uh, these live events a couple times because they're they're very, very popular. But um, we've tried it. I think this is the first one that we're really going to actually
1: pull off. But when because- I go out I, to restaurants and I see it's packed and you have to wait 45 minutes for a table... Not everyone's that quite there, but there's enough people that are like we're moving on, and yes. so. Uh, and if that's you, then we'd love to see you. And we're going to talk about some of the what's happening with inflation and the concerns there, and like what's the chance of having a recession if that happens? What's that mean with the rising interest rates? How does that impact you? Um, and some other things that are
2: you know, basic said-
1: financial planning techniques in order to get uh, through to a thriving, uh, productive productive retirement. And really like we've been highly education focused as an organization that we've been doing this program for 27 years in part I mean we believe everyone needs some knowledge of what's happening in the financial markets and their own situation. It's one thing if you want to try to delegate it out, you still need to you nobody cares about your money quite as much as you should care about your money, right? Like you need to really understand these things. And studies have also shown that the higher under, the more understanding you have, the greater confidence you're going to have in your own future, which is going to take away some of the stress. And even, th- Pat, if you think about some of the other economic cycles we've gone through, the Great Recession, it's like when people have a better understanding of their own situation, have a better understanding of how some of these things are going to impact, right? And how things have uh, played out historically. Historically, It tends to give them some more confidence. And so there are free workshops, 60 minutes uh, long. Again, it's May 19th and 21st, Cincinnati, Sacramento, and Denver. And for more information and to register, simply go to allworthfinancial.com. And a uh, second thing before we go back, uh, May, and we are in May, and I sound like an old man when I say this year is going by quick, but uh may is foster awareness month and at allworth we've got uh, our initiative with allworth kids and would my by, by the way my hope uh by p- promoting like, we've got this allworth kids that helps foster youth around the country um but like we've got many clients pat that uh, serve as uh whether it's some sort of uh advocate for the courts that, like a court appointed special advocate yeah, different states call them different things uh, We've got clients that do some sort of afternoon school t- uh, tutoring. Um, there's a variety of ways that you can help out and um, foster youth, and if it's something that's of interest to you, this is Foster Awareness Month. And uh, if you'd like to learn more about uh, some ways to get involved, uh, you can go to allworthkids.com. Yeah, and the thing about foster kids,
2: it, it, many of the situations, it, they're they're quite frankly they're heartbreaking. The kid didn't do anything wrong. I mean, the kid just yeah. The, the kid is there. The kid is a product of the of their environment, and to watch a foster youth being moved from house to house to house, it, it's it's yeah. and one of the reasons that we started All Worth Kids was in order to support foster kids. And by the way, this is a pretty contentious environment in which we live uh, politically, where people will take sides. Really, I haven't noticed. No one, <laughs>
1: no one has come down to, on us for, for supporting foster kids. <laughs> No yeah. one. Well, and my wife and I we adopted two foster children uh, five and a half years ago. Um, what a blessing for all of us! Yeah,
2: what yeah, a blessing for all of
1: us. Uh, but um, so I, we have a maybe. My maybe my view on foster kids a little is <laughs> it's it's certainly changed today from where it was maybe ten years ago before we um, adopted her. Our two and you can school. find more about Allworth Kids at allworthfinancial.com. Yeah, so let's go to the calls. And we're in Colorado with Carl. Carl, you're with Allworth Money Matters.
5: Good afternoon, guys. This is Carl. Hi, I've Carl. got a couple of questions. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Yeah. What can we do? Um, I have a probably a very complex situation, but I have extra money that is um, is coming into and... Um, in terms of a monthly um, addition, so I want to know where I should invest it. Okay. So I'm 51, single, no kids, make 83 grand a year. Uh, I've got three houses. I've got a rollover IRA, a 401a, and a 457. The 457 is pre-tax and and uh, after-tax. Okay. And I think I'm coming up on about a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars extra a month. And where's the money coming from? Wondering, uh, the two of the three houses I own are rentals, and an increase in in salary. Got it. Got it. Got it.
2: And uh, do you owe money on any of the houses?
5: I owe. So the house I live in. Currently I owe two eighty nine. The house that's a rental that I want to retire in, I owe seventy-two. The third house I owe eighty. So about four hundred and forty one I owe total, but the houses are valued about one point three five.
2: Okay, and so the house you live in right now, what's the value of that today? Two
5: hundred and two hundred and eighty nine. Oh, the value today. Yeah. It, I owe two eighty nine. It's worth about five hundred.
2: Okay, so you, so what? What I got there is when when you go to retire, you are going to sell the house you live in today. You are going to take the proceeds from that, pay down the mortgage on the on the rental properties. Fair statement?
5: Yeah, that, that's kind of what I was thinking. Is um, I either sell the house if I move out of this house, I sell that house, take the capital gains, it's just about two fifty. Um, and then um, move to the other home and then pay off the other home. Okay. Um, But before I do that, I move into it to take take capital gains off of that second rental.
2: Okay. All right. Um, Then the last question is, are you maximizing? So you have the 457 is what you're currently making contributions to. Is that correct?
5: 457 uh, pre-tax and Roth and then – I also have a 401a, which is maxed out under my rules for the 401a.
2: Oh, Why don't you just make take that thousand dollars a month and put it in the 457? You can do both the 457 and 401 um, at the same time.
5: Yeah, the 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 457 is where I was thinking I would do it. I just didn't know if I should put it in the Roth portion or the pre tax portion.
1: Oh, got it. What's the balance of your of your retirement accounts? What's the balance in pre-tax? And what's the balance in Roth? Or what are the
5: balances? Um, right now, so the rollover IRA is 500. The 401A is at 33 grand. The 457 is at 17, which is split equally right now.
2: How much longer are you
5: going to work? I hope only 12 more years.
2: If you were my brother, I'd tell you to spend it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> let's split uh, seriously. Yeah, you're, I mean, let's it's a best point. You already you are you are maximizing your retirement account. You've got a couple of rentals that you're paying down. I mean, you're, you're, you're yeah yeah. Well, let's split the difference. Let's split
2: the difference. You said it's a thousand a month, right? You said a thousand to fifteen hundred. Yeah. All right, T- whatever I'd, that number I'd put is. Put it in
1: the four fifty seven Roth.
2: I would put it in the four fifty. But if it was fifteen hundred, I would take five of it and spend it. Improve my lifestyle, and I put the other thousand dollars in the Roth. You asked, okay. I, 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 you should spend a little bit more money. You don't. You live on not. You don't. You live on close to nothing. No tips to your net worth. Uh,
5: uh, House rich, cash poor.
2: Listen, you are the man with a ham under his arm, screaming hungry. (laughs) Spend it.
1: Okay. Right. Well, the reason you have these assets That's at age 51. That's right. cuz y-
2: you have been a great saver and it, it,
1: and you it, will continue to be a great saver. Y-
2: yeah, and me saying that to you probably won't change a whole lot. That's probably right. But 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 put a thousand in the Roth spend the other 500 and you know see where see where it goes. So appreciate yeah. the call. You're thanks, great Carl. saver.
5: All right. Thanks. Gunga.
1: Right. It reminds me Pat. this is years ago. It's funny you learn as you um the longer you're in a profession. Because I was, I don't know, my first three, five years in the profession, and I had some clients uh, retired, home paid off. They had, I don't know, eight hundred, nine hundred grand in their four hundred one k IRA, I should say, and they lived on only their Social Security. And so I talked to them like, why don't you start spending some of this? Like you can't take it with you. And so one time, a guy came in without his wife, and I said, "Where's Susie? I'll call her." Because that was her name.
5: Okay. okay. Well, that's easy.
1: No. No. Everyone's no. going to know who you're talking no. about now. Susie. I said, where's Susie? And he says, well, that's what I want to talk to you about. I said, well, what do you mean? And he said, she feels like whenever she's talking to you, you call her a cheapskate. And I, so we had a conversation. And I was just trying to encourage her to spend a little of the dollars that they'd saved over the years. But it was more painful for her to
2: spend the money than it was that's correct. to not. That's correct. Right? So-, so it's interesting. Scott and I, you've been doing this almost 30 years. 30 years I've been doing it. 30 plus years. 30 years. It's You say it once or twice, and then you never bring it up again. That's right. <laughs> right? That's 100%. Because <laughs> they they came to you for an opinion, yeah. and you're going to give them- I mean,
1: it's, them... Of, 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 it's not exactly a bad thing. No, no, it's a good right? thing. Of all things,
2: but I mean- But it's easy to do it on the radio, because the chances of me meeting Carl in person are pretty close to zero. That's um, right. Um, but- You you know exactly. This guy saves boatloads of money. He's great at it.
1: Well, unfortunately, that's all the time we've got. It's been great being with you. You've been listening to All Worth Financials, Money Matters with Scott Hanson and Pat McClain. We'll see you next week.